Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. We are in a sermon series called Dream House. We're in part two of Dream House. Everybody say Dream House. Yeah, we all grew up with this idea of what our families or our houses should look like. And what's interesting about all of us, I think we all share in this unique characteristic that as soon as we grew up and had our own families, it probably didn't turn out the way that you thought, that you thought, was hoping that you would pray, that you would believe God, that you might have even sacrificed for, and it didn't turn out the way you thought it would. And so we talked about last week really just opening up this idea that Dream House for a lot of us is probably something we're not going to ever really reach. And that if you are a Christian in here, the best thing you can do is invite God. God into your life and into your family and do the best you can to understand that uh, really uh, a dream house is built of one thing. We kind of redefined this idea of dream house. Y'all remember what it was? I'm going to put the definition back up there. So just for our, our series and for our, our, our sake of what a definition of a dream house is, but a dream house is simply this, a gathering of flawed individuals, right? You're flawed. I'm flawed. We know our kids are flawed. We can all say amen, parents, right? Amen, yeah. We know our, our kids got issues, so we got issues. Everybody's got issues in our family, so a gathering of flawed human beings telling God's redemption story, that our goal is not to have a perfect family because if you have a goal to have a perfect family, then you will never reach that goal, and ain't nobody likes to play a game you're never going to win. And so what God wants us to realize is he's not trying to tell uh, a perfect story. He's trying to tell a redemptive story through your life as a father, as a husband, as a mother, and as a wife. And our goal really out of our lives is just to reach towards the goal of being a godly family. And so um, we kicked off the series last week, and we're going to talk today a little bit about living intently, living an intentional way to build our lives on a dream house. So I'm going to give it the ground rules again. I'm going to do this every week as we start off our series. Uh, but here are the ground rules. Number one, I'm not speaking to you as an expert. It's not like me getting up here and saying, listen, I have this family thing figured out. You should go look at my kids. They float around inside Rise Kids. They glow a little bit. They're amazing. Um, I don't come to you like that. I don't come to you as a perfect husband or perfect father or having a perfect family. And what I want to do is uh, hopefully our goal is to grab some biblical truths, maybe help some, some, some of our families point towards Jesus so that we can all get better. Second rule is, is I'll speak sensitively. I know that a lot of times when you say family or husband or wife or dad or mom, those are emotionally charged issues. And so we, we all have some feeling of how we feel about that. And I want to be careful. Sometimes I'm going to speak sensitively and sometimes I'm going to speak authoritatively, but, but the point is, is to point you towards Jesus. And then I added a third rule for today, and this, this rule is going to be this, is sometimes some parts of this message I'm going to teach you, um, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you a fish, right? I'm going to give you what to do, and then other times I'm going to teach you how to fish. And my goal today is really probably to teach you more how to fish on some of these things. I'm going to teach you some more how-tos in general, principle-based things, so that we can have a great family life. That's the goal for us right today. So um, if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 14, uh, Luke chapter 14, verse 28. And if you don't have your Bibles, if you have a phone or a smartphone, we have a what's called a Bible app. We don't have it, but it's, there's an app out there called the Bible app, and it's or called Version. You can download it and then search in the events section for our church. And all of my notes are live right there. You can see exactly where I'm coming from and you can watch and read the Bible all inside of it. And I'll pretend if you're looking at that, that you're not on Facebook or playing Angry Birds, that you're looking at the Bible. And so anyway, so you version uh, will be in Luke chapter 14, verse 28. And um, um, a little bit of the context of this story. Luke is a is a uh, book of the Bible. It's what we call a gospel. It's a it's a, uh, basically a, a telling story of the life of Jesus. And in Luke chapter 14, he's kind of in the middle of his ministry. He just picked his disciples and he's talking to his disciples about what it's like to really live and be a disciple uh, under Christ. And so 
Luke chapter 14, verse 28, it says this, it says, but don't begin until you count the cost. Everybody say, count the cost. Yeah, don't begin something until you count the cost of how much it's going to take, what it's going to cost you to do it right. And he said, to see if there's enough money to finish it, in verse 29, it says, otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then, so I think it's funny about the Bible. It says funny things that I think about. It says, then, otherwise, then someone, the people are going to be laughing at you. You know, when you try to do something and then you don't finish it and then someone finds out you didn't finish it and they just, they laugh. I'm just like, that's funny, Jesus, that you would put that in the Bible. Anyway, so verse 13, he says, they, they would say, there's that person. They would point and point fingers and say, look who did that. They tried really hard. I <laughs> didn't make it. Loser. And so he said, started that building but couldn't afford to finish it. It's an interesting verse. I kind of talked a little bit about it last week, um, but I wanted to bring the whole idea of this verse inside of this message today because um, to live intentionally is to, is to count the cost or to plan accordingly. So for us today, we're going to talk about planning accordingly. So my, my, the, if you're taking notes and you want to make a, a, a name of the message today, is called plan accordingly. Plan accordingly. Today, to, for you to know how to build a dream house, you need to plan, use plans to build. And with that, let's pray. God, we love you today. Lord, I thank you that, that you are here, Jesus, and that you, you, have, you are about to speak to us in a way only you can. There's, there's a reason we gather together. There's a reason we're a church together. There's a reason we're on this earth. There's a reason we're thinking about you, there, that we all come into this place as flawed individuals. We come into this place not knowing what to do until we talk to you. And so today we want to talk to you. And Holy Spirit, you do what only you could do today as we unpack this idea of a dream house. Be with us today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. How many of you have uh, built, a, a, built a home before in here? Raise your hand if you built a home. Okay, yeah. Uh, building a home is an interesting um, idea and a concept, um, primarily because, you know, uh, my wife and I did it, uh, I would say probably about four years ago, we built our very first home, and it was our first home we were going to buy, and it was exciting to be able to go through the process, but if you've never built a home, um, certain things that you have to do to get to purchase a home, but there's also certain things you have to do to build a home. And if you want to build a home, I'll give you, I'll just give you the, the kind of the layout of what you got to do. First, the first thing you typically do is you go to the neighborhood that you want to be in, you know, and you, what you always tend to do, at least for me, is you go to the neighborhood you really think you want to be in, right? You probably don't, can't afford to be in, but you want to go and make sure. You just want to double check. Maybe they got a sale going on. You never know. Maybe there's a buy one, get one free house thing going on. I don't know, but I'm going to go out of my limb and just make sure that I'm going to try. So we did that. We went, we went to uh, this neighborhood. We felt like we couldn't afford. And we knew that we probably couldn't make it. And so we went into what they call, and you don't go into the normal house where the, where the office is to build a home. You go into this thing called a, a model home. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Now the model home is what you could basically consider to be the top of the line thing that you can buy. And so we walk in. I remember walking into this model home. First, there's no garage because that's where the office is. So that's already weird. So you walk in and you're talking to this person and they're excited to see you. Now, if you're that person, if you're a realtor or you're the person who works in there, I'm not, I'm not messing with you. But man, it, when I walked in, I felt like I was chum and they were the shark. You know what I'm saying? Like they were ready. They were, we prayed you in. You're going to buy a home today. I'm like, all right, let's go. And so they walk us into this house. And when you walk into a model home, 
it smells nice. You know what I'm talking about? Like they have put on the great air fresheners. It's clean. I walked in and they got the, not the normal laminate floorings. They have the what? The, the hardwood floor and they got the nice tile. And I walk into the kitchen and then there's like granite. And I'm like, this is amazing. And it's like marble from Italy. And I'm like, oh, I want that. And I have my list, right? I'm like, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, that sounds great. And then I get over to the fixtures and the finishes and the, you know, the faucets, like this cool brushed nickel. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm in this house and it's got all the bump outs and all the extensions in the house and it's airy and it's open and the walls aren't eight foot. They're like nine foot and there's a difference. You know what I mean? Like there's eight foot and then there's nine foot. And if I'm an eight foot, I'm living in poverty. But if I'm in nine foot, I'm in prosperity. Bless God. I'm a Christian. Jesus lives in this house if they're nine foot ceilings. And I'm like, yes, this is what I want. And I walk upstairs and there's like 17 rooms up there. I'm like, how did you get this many rooms on the second floor. I could put Riley in that room and put Kellen in that room. And look how far they are away from my room. And this is awesome. And I'm looking around. And then I get, I mean, I'm looking at like, there's like not two car garage. There's a, there's a three car garage. Come on. How many of y'all know you're blessed if you're driving up into a three car garage? Bless the Lord. Oh my soul. I'm like, I don't even need, I don't got three cars, but I need a three car garage. And so I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm like, yep, I would like that. And I get into the I get into the, uh, the office, finally sit down with my wife, and they're like, well, what'd you think? And I said, this is, this is amazing. We'll take this. This is the one we want. We, this is the one we want. And he said, he said, okay, well, well, we can't give you this one because we've got to show it to other people, but we'll give you this other one over here. We could put this on the lot. And I said, okay, well, well how much is that going to cost me? You know what I'm saying? Now, just give me, the, give me the bottom line. Give me the BL. I need to know, what's this thing going to cost me? Because this is where I belong. And then they gave me the number. And have you ever looked at a price where you kind of like something a little inside of you died a little bit where you're like, <laughs> or you just didn't know. You're just like, I, I don't understand. I, how does that cost that, that much money? I don't get it. I go, what, why does it cost that much? And they start breaking it down and like every fan is $8,000 and, and every fixture is $2,700. And like, oh, to go from eight foot ceilings to nine foot. Remember what I'm talking about? When you, you ain't saved in eight foot ceilings, but you love the Lord in nine foot ceilings. Well, that's going to cost you. And, and by the time it costs, it costs like 200,000 more than what I could even afford. And so I said, man, look, I, I'm glad. I hope you like me, but I don't like you because we can't afford this. And I remember leaving discouraged, going like, I, 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 don't, I, can't, I can't afford that. I can't, I can't, I can't like, reach that. And then I remember talking to a realtor friend of mine, and she said, she said and I kind of told her the story about it, because I had never done that before. I mean, for you guys, that might be normal, but I just never, that was the first experience of mine. And I'd walk through it, and she goes, oh, yeah, that's, that's what they do to everyone. I mean, no one buys the model home. And even when they buy the model home, they have to discount it like crazy at the end because no one's going to buy the model home. And I go, well, why not? They go, because no one can afford the model home. And I started thinking about it because I was like, you know, that's kind of how we are with our families, right? You see like your friend's house. You ever what, grow up when you were at your friend's house? You know what I'm talking about? And you go over to their house and his, their dad was cooler than your dad. And the mom seemed to make better food than your mom. And your, the brothers and sisters, they seemed to get along. They had cooler sisters. He had a cooler room. They lived in a cooler neighborhood. He walked around. He had the cooler. If you were here last week, they had the cool lunch baggies that I got upset about. You know what I'm talking about? But but everybody else's life was always cooler than yours. Why? Because you, know, you didn't know this. You, every time you walk into someone else's house, they prepared for you. And they, they made it like a model home for you. And they put all the things in the way. And you know what they did? The parents told the kids what you tell your kids when people come over. They said, 
Company's coming over. You better be on your best behavior, right? You're like, I'm telling you right now, you, if, you, if you, this is the last day you'll live, you better be good. I'm telling you. And they threatened them. And you didn't know any of that because it was all model. It was all make-believe. It wasn't real. It wasn't, it wasn't true. It wasn't like you look at the Instagram pictures of your families, your friends' families, you know, and you're like, I know, you know some of them ain't real. You're like, I know that ain't your life. Like, I know that ain't your wife. Who is that? Who did you hire? Like, those aren't your kids, you know? And, and so we go through life with this thing. And if we're not careful, we could see something that we can't obtain. But here's what I do know. We did build a house. We found a place and we found a house and we found a, a neighborhood and a model and a style that we could replicate, we could do. And what I noticed about building a house is the first thing that the builders did when they started building our house is they opened up these weird, long, I was there. I, like, I was there. Like I walked them. I, I wanted to see them the first day they got there. I'm like, when they started, I want to be there. I'm going to pray. And, you know, I'm a pastor. I want to bless the house and all that. And so they opened up these things called plans. And they were gigantic. They roll them out. They look at the plans. And then they build. I'm going to say that again. They look at the plans. They look at what the architect, the person who designed the house, they look at the plans, and then they build. They didn't just show up and start going, I'm going to put a wall there, and I think we're going to do over there, and I'm going to go over there, and I want to do this, and I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. They didn't do any of that. What they did was is they started with what the architect said because he designed it. Now, you and I are both are all building a life. We're building homes. We're building these dream houses, and Proverbs has something to say about how to build. Proverbs 21 says this, says the plans, everybody say plans. Come on, like you mean, and you got Red Bull and you say plans. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. Another translation would say good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. So speaking to us as godly individuals, if you want to build a godly dream house, you are going to have to follow his plan. That you and I can't step back and go, I'm just going to do it my way and God's going to have to backfill the rest. That if you and I want to build a dream house, a model home, because some people want to walk through your house, so I would honestly say that it's probably good that people could come into your home and you've built it in a way that God has honored and they could walk through and go, wow, wow. This is amazing. How did you get this? And you know what you can do? You don't have to say, I built it. You say, God built this. Because we're supposed to be reflections, the light of Christ. So why do we need to do this? The, one of the main reasons we need to do this is because all of us, if you're a person in here, you're a human in here, you and I are not, even if you're a Christian, we're not exempt from storms. If you're a Christian in here, you know that. You're probably going through something right now. And there's a difference between being in a house that was built right and a house that wasn't. And oftentimes, our house and our homes can come crumbling down if they are not built the right way. The reason we build our homes based on God's plan is because we build for the storm. It's not if the storm's coming, it's when. 
And if you're in the middle of a storm, the one thing you want, I mean, Texas storms, I'm just telling you, I ain't from Texas. I'm not from here. I'm from California. That's why I need a lot more prayer than you do, all right? I'm not from here, but storms in California don't compare any at all to the storms in Texas. And the other night I was sitting in my house and we were, you know, we were about to go to, go to sleep and it was nighttime. And y'all remember that storm, that thunderstorm this last week rolled through? And I mean, the, 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 the thunder just shook the house. And I started screaming, getting up, running around. I didn't know what I was doing. And my wife's like, where are you going? I said, I don't even know. I don't even know. But that was loud. When those storms hit your house, you want to know you were, you're living in something strong. Built well, built right. We build for storms, not the sun. So in the time I have left today, I want to talk about two things real quick that, that plans bring, godly plans bring to our life. Two things why they're so important. Number one, they tell us how to build. Now, I know you go about, oh, of course, pastor, they're plans. I mean, they tell us how to build. But I want to follow it. Keep with me on this because this is important. They tell us how to build. Plans establish the way. Plans establish the way. They share with us how to build. Builders, okay, I'm, I'm, I, you might not know this. I, was, uh, um, I grew up in a construction family. My dad was a general contractor for 25 years. He's still a commercial contractor. He travels around and builds restaurants. An amazing man of God himself. But, but he's, a, he's a contractor. I grew up making houses. Like my jungle gym was the, the frames of houses. And I, I remember my dad always had, we always had hammers and I was always out on the job site. And so here's what I knew about builders is builders never walk out to um, a slab that's been poured, ready to build. And they don't just wing it. They don't just go, Hmm, I wonder how I feel today. I feel like I want to build a one story house. I'll build that today. Hmm. Today. I think, uh, you know, I had a bad day last night, kind of fought with my wife. I'm going to do it this way today. They don't do that. Builders don't go out to a house to build and just wing it. Builders go out and they say, what do the plans say? Because the architect, the guy who designed this house, know how to build it. And I just need to follow what he's established, what he said. I don't need to follow my emotions. I don't need to follow my feelings. I don't need to Google it. I don't need to try to figure it out. He's already figured it out because he's designed it. So I just need to follow the plan. If I follow the plan, this thing will go up great. The inspector is going to come by, everything's going to check out, and when this thing gets all said and done and a family moves in, this thing's going to stand the test of time. Why? Because I followed the plan on how to build it. Proverbs chapter 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Verse 6 says, in all your ways, everybody say ways. Come on, like you mean it, say ways. In all your ways, in all, 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 not some, not a few, not the ones that are spiritual, all. Did you know this, that the Hebrew people didn't have a word for spiritual? They didn't have a word for spiritual. Everything is spiritual to them. So when Proverbs is being written and they say, in all your way, all in the Hebrew means all. Like all, not just church stuff, not in just God church ways, you know, not just when you're going to church, do it God's way. No, no. In all your ways, with your marriage, with your kids, with your, your job, with your neighbors, with your driving habits, with the way that you eat, with the what you watch, with what you listen to, in all your, everybody say all. 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 All means all. All your ways acknowledge him. He will make your paths straight. 
that, that there's a way to God. I know this isn't popular, but not everything is okay that you think about. Not everything I think is right is right. <laughs> as much as Facebook would empower me to think so, my opinion is not always what's needed in this world. <laughs> that God has a way. Even Haggai chapter 1 says, Now this is what the Lord Almighty says, Give careful thought to your way. Be careful. Be gentle. Think through what you're doing. Don't just do it. Count the cost. Be Plan accordingly. Just you, you got to be careful because if you're not careful, you'll build something that won't last. Or you'll build something and you'll wonder why you're, like, you're not blessed. Like there's these things that happen. I find it interesting that most people think that you could do whatever you want and God's going to bless you. That's not true. I'll prove it to you. Okay, just, be, just go with me. Don't be mad yet. I haven't gotten to the part where you get mad at me yet. Okay, I will. But I'm not there yet. Deuteronomy chapter 28 says this, says the Lord will command the blessing upon you and your barns and all that you, what you put your hand to. That's important for those who feel like they want to pray everything in their life. This is a side note. Some of you need to stop praying and start doing in the name of God. That's a side note. I get off a side box. Sorry. Anyway, uh, and he will bless you in the land of the Lord God gives you. This is important. Now, this is what the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he swore to you. It, okay, this is important. Don't miss this. If you checked out and you're playing, you know, doodle jump, wait for a minute. Just look at me. Pause. If, everybody say if. if. This is important. This is, this is so good. If, if, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. If is a conditional statement. If is a conditional statement. God's love is unconditional. If you're in here and you're not a believer and you don't know the Lord and you just somehow stumbled in here because you thought this was, you know, Denny's, you vastly misshot, but you're in here now and God's speaking to you and you don't know the Lord, you need to know this, that there's nothing that you did that the Lord doesn't love you. God loves you. He already loved you. He died for you before you can make all those mistakes. He loves you now. He loves you then. He'll love you in the, in the future. He loves you. God's unconditional love is amazing. However, his blessing is very conditional. You need to hear that. Because there's some people that might preach, some churches might teach, some play. That ain't biblical. God's blessing is conditional, which means if you walk in his ways, it's amazing how you'll get blessed. But if you walk out of his ways, if you don't do it his way, if you, don't, if you do what you think is right, you're leaving it up to chance. I'm not saying it won't ever work out for you. We know a lot of people who aren't godly. And God's grace seems to cover that. But I'm just telling you, you want to give yourself the best opportunity to be blessed by God, do it God's way. God's way equals God's blessings. Godly ways, not intentional, God, not godly hopes, not godly dreams. Godly ways, godly ways, doing it his way ultimately can bring about God's blessing. You have to know that because if you're a new Christian in here, or maybe you've been a Christian since Moses was alive, you need to know this, that sometimes when you do something wrong? Like, have you ever noticed this, that like, sometimes you'll give your life to Christ. Some of you, maybe you just gave your life to God right away, 
it was like an amazing moment and you had this moment with God and you gave your life to him and you settled your eternity. You said, God, I'm now going to live for you. And then you walked out and something bad happened. And then you get like confused because you're like, I don't understand. I thought I just, I just, okay, I just said yes to God, but something bad happened. How did that happen? Well, it could be that you settled your eternity by making the greatest decision to follow Jesus with your heart. But now the Bible says you need to start working out and walking out your salvation, walking out in his ways, not doing the works of God so that you can get to heaven. That's settled already. Jesus did all that you need. But, you could say but in church, but wait, however, if you walk in his ways, you can receive his blessing. And so you can, here's, here's what you need to know. You can give your life to God and still have terrible things happen to you. Can I have an amen, right? Are you a Christian in here? Yeah. Oh yeah, pastor, I get it. I'm going through that right now. And it not, it's, it's not always the, listen, it's not always the enemy's fault. It's not always Satan. You're like, Satan's not, not today, Satan. You ain't getting me today. No, you, you just made a bad decision. I was, I, somebody told me, that, man, oh, I just got a flat tire. The enemy's out after me. No, the enemy's not. You ran over a nail. <laughs> you made a bad decision. You drove through the, the construction site. Sorry. Seriously, we're like that with God. And we're like that. We give the enemy way too much credit, just so you know. He ain't that good. And so if we're not careful... We can substitute our ways, try to make them godly ways, and then we don't wind up getting God's blessing because we didn't do it his way. So my question to you really, honestly, this is something you need to think about. This is the introspective part, okay? Do you do it God's way with your relationships? You need to think about that. Like, God, do I do, I do it your way? Do, do I, do I, I, do I do it your way? Like, when you tell me in my marriage... To love my wife as Christ loved the church, which is a sacrificial love. Do I love my wife as Christ loved the church? I forfeit God's blessing in my life if I just love her the way I would love her. I love her when I feel like it. I love her when she's nice to me. I love her when she loves me. She loved me first, and I love her back. God's way says love her like Christ loved the church, period. I don't like that part of the Bible sometimes. You know, you know. <laughs> or, 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 or in your kid's life, if you're, the Bible says to train your kids and yet you, you, you lack discipline in giving them discipline. Come on. Like, or, or you, you, you don't teach them or train them in the ways of God. And so they, wake, they grow up and they become not godly. You can't blame God. Because he offered the blessing, you just didn't do it his way. Or, 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 could be your health. The Bible says that our bodies are a temple. A temple. That we, we actually, we are, we, we operate in what we call the New Testament model. We're a New Testament church. We have the priesthood of the believer. Which means, I don't access God any more differently than you access God. Isn't that good? That I'm not your gate. Oh, that's awesome. I love that because I'm not that good. And let me just tell you, if you're looking for me to that, this ain't your church. All right, I'm just telling you. But you have access to God in the ways that I do. And we, God calls us to take care of our bodies. But you don't 
and then your health suffers, and you blame God. Not you, but other people. Other churches do that, right? But God says, if you do it my way, I want to bless you, but you got to do it my way. How about with your, your, your finances? Can I, poke? Can I poke you? This is the part where you get mad at me. Um, we, we have a way with our money. With, with, it's my money. My, it's mine. 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 My, why? Why would you want? Don't talk about that, pastor. Tell me about the blessing of God. Again, talk about that. Mine. But, 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 but God has a way with money and finances. And here's what I find amazing is when people trust God, don't trust me. Don't trust the church. When people trust God with their money, I love to hear the miracle stories that come out of it. Because they're miracles. They're like, man, we give away more money than we ever have, and somehow we still have more. I don't understand it. I'm trying to outgive God. It doesn't work. He doesn't play fair. But because God has a way, he has a come on, church, he has a way, and I can't ask for God's, listen, stop asking for God's blessing in your life if you don't do it his way. Come on, that's, some, that's for someone, that's for your neighbor, Elbow, that's for you. Not for me. Anyway, all right, I'll get off of that. Don't be mad at me anymore. Number two, so they tell you how to build. Second thing is they tell you when to build. Plans establish priorities. Plans establish priorities. What I also found out about the builders is that they didn't come in and start with the roof. <laughs> Thank God. They didn't come in and go, um, I kind of think that the wall should go on last. That's how I'm feeling today. Googled it. Heard someone, they had just figured this out. They just feel like they know better than the architect. By the way, the architect of the family is God. They don't do that. They, they look to the plans to know what to prioritize and to do first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this. says, but seek first. Everybody say first. First, not the last, not sometimes, not second, not third, not fourth, not whenever you feel like it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All these things that you have in your heart, all these dreams that you wish you could do, all these things, all, all means all, all. Yeah, we talked about that. All these things, as soon as you put God first, then it seems interesting how you can start to establish things in their priority. Here's what I want to talk to you about. Great godly homes, great godly dream homes, godly families know how to prioritize their life properly based on scripture. I'm going to give you just some insight to this real quick because some of us, even good godly Christians can get this wrong sometimes, okay? Just want to give you, this is, this is just, I'm just, just, trust me in this, okay? Great godly marriages, great godly families, this is how they're, they're, they're really established. First thing is, in all of our lives is God. I'm going to kind of put up a little thing for you, okay? We, we build our lives on God. First is at the bottom, okay, because that's where our foundation is. We build on God. The first thing you need to make sure you prioritize in your life is your relationship with God. If you wake up and the first thing you do is look at Facebook, that's a problem. I'm just telling you. I'm just, well, I, that's where I get my daily verse of the day. Open up the Bible. There's a daily verse in there too. If, if, you, if you wake up and you prioritize your life based on how you feel, you'll never receive God's blessing. God's plans have priority. There are firsts and there are lasts. 
And so if you're, your biggest idea, I'm, everybody, I'm just telling you, before your marriage, before your kids, before your, before your career, before your life, before your, your hobbies, before everything, God, God first, God first, seek first God, right? God first, then all the other things will be aligned right. They first put the foundation in, then they build. Plans establish priority. Number two is this, your family. Then your family comes there. Then your family's built on the, the idea, they're built on a rock, they're built on things. And inside of your family, you have your marriage and your kids. Just so you know, there are priorities to that. Church, please hear me in this, okay? Please hear me in this. Please hear me. It's your marriage first, then kids. It's your marriage first, then kids. Kids are invited into your life and they will be ushered out in Jesus' name. They're not even yours. The Bible talks about they're a gift from God. Your design and my design is to steward them, train them up so when they leave, inevitably when they leave, leave, they need to leave. It's time for you to leave. It's when they leave, you don't fall apart and they don't fall apart. The best thing you can do for your kids is have a strong marriage. I'm just telling you. The best thing you can do for your kids, I'll get off that because I'm coming back to it. I know that's a bruise and we're going to come back. I'm going to make you all mad. All right, here we go. Family. And then the third one is this. This is important. Then church. Then the body of Christ. Then the family of God. First your natural family, then spiritual family. Jesus died for the local church. You don't think it was that important to him? This thing is important to God. This is his plan A. There is no plan B for the world. So it's like he settled his account with you and he want to make sure that you're stewarding well what he gave you. But then you got to turn from inward to outward. What am I doing on behalf of God? Then there's your life. And your life is everything else. That's your career. That's your hobbies. Put the last one on there at the top. Put life up there. There it is. All right. Awesome. It's your career. It's your hobbies. It's your, it's your things that you like to do. It's everything else. It's just everybody say everything else. Everything else. And here's a few of mispriorities in our life. I want to show these to you. This is important, okay? Please, just, just hear me out. Just try it, okay? Just try some of these. If this is you, I'm not mad at you. God's not mad at you. I'm just wanting to get you. You're not going to lose your way into heaven. You didn't lose your line and spot. That's not what it means. This is not, this is not heaven contingencies some other place. This is heaven contingency now. Jesus didn't just die so you can have heaven one day. That would cheapen his sacrifice. He died so you can have heaven now too. So I'm, these are little ways you can have heaven now. So, so just miss priorities, okay? Some people, these are some of the biggest ones I see as a pastor. Some people place their life over God, which means they, they build their whole world on their life, and then God comes in somewhere else, and when you build like that, all it takes is a small wind to come and knock it over. Think Jenga, y'all. When you build everything on your career and on your life, when everything else matters before your relationship with God, if you wake up in the morning and you look at Facebook first and you check out Instagram and then you're checking out everything else and you're running around making sure your career is right, making sure your life is right, and then you, oh, oh yeah, God, oh yeah, right before you go to sleep, oh, oh God, yeah, yeah, uh, hey, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, just help me not to die. Okay, amen, and that's it. You're not putting God first. So it means you're, it's like putting, literally, the Bible talks about it. It's like putting the foundation of a house on top of the roof. It don't make no sense. You'd walk up to a house and go, that don't make no sense. I can't live in that. And yet we build our lives like it. Second one is this. This is, this is a, a pretty 
big one, and I talked about it a little bit. It's putting your kids over your marriage. A lot of us Christians even, we, and we very, you know, it's God. We're trying to be godly parents. We want to be godly parents. Hold on. You need to understand this, that your marriage is probably the best thing you can do for your kids, is that you need to love your wife so much. Your sons need to see what a godly man does with a godly woman and how he treats her. Your, your daughters need to see what a godly man does with women. They need to see it. Your kids are not going to be as good unless you have a great foundation of marriage. You should have a date night, y'all. You should focus on, it can't be all, now there's seasons and there's areas in where you say, man, you got to in and out and there's the tiny kids and you got everybody, hey, sometimes you have so many kids, like I got five. When we had two, you know, you're, you're running, you got, you know, you're playing man coverage, everybody's on one person, I got that one, you got that one. Then we had three, then we're zoned, hey, you got it over there, if they stringle over this area, I got them on this side. And you get to four, then you're just like, I don't know, we, there's no defense, it's just hang on. And then we had five. Cinco. <laughs> At that point, you just, I'm just praying that I make it to the end of days. <laughs> and I get that. Sometimes seasons stress people out. But don't prioritize your kids over your wife. Right. Don't prioritize your kids over your husband. Ladies, Moms, we could do this, right? I'm not a mom. This is my wife says. I'm speaking on behalf of her. She mentioned this to me to mention it in the sermon. So don't get mad at me. Okay, moms, be careful. You're not super mom and like not so great as a wife. That could cause friction where there doesn't need to be friction. The best thing you can do for your kids is make sure your husband is honored and respected in the way that God tells you to do that so that he could be a good man. You help him. I want you to know this. I, my wife helps me be better because I'm not no good. I'm pretty terrible by myself, but she's awesome and she can make me better just like I make her better. It helps your family. And the third one is this, is career over family. Be careful you're not putting your career over your family. You're not, you're not, you're not placing your career. I know I talk to a lot of guys, a lot of businessmen, you know, no, man, pastor, I'm telling you, if I just work these 80 hours, I'm gonna make enough money to give my wife and family everything that they need. Just so you know, you are everything they need. Your time, your love, your energy, your discipline, your faith in them, your speaking in them, your presence does a lot. Be careful we're not prioritizing our, 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 our career and what you try to aspire to fulfill the hole that's in your heart. Oftentimes, guys, we climb the ladder on a building and we get to the top, it's... it's not the building we thought it was. Don't prioritize your career over your family. The question you need to ask yourself, are you, is my house prioritized the way God would have me prioritize them? Can you put that back up real quick, the, the godly priority where it's got all of them? I'll keep going back with all five of them, all, all four of them. This, this, is, this is the foundation, Okay. This is the foundation. Your relationship with God needs to be settled first. If you're not a good Christian, you're not going to be a good for your family, for your church, or for your life. I'm just telling you. If you don't love Jesus in the way that you need to love Jesus, everything, seek first his kingdom. Your family, if your family, you need to make sure that you're not prioritizing things over your family. Your family needs to know that they are the most important thing in your life. Guys, they're the most important thing in your life. Girls, gals, 
they're the most important. They, your family is the most important. Then it's your church. Make sure you're not prioritizing. And just this little side note, be careful with sports. Be careful with activities that take your kids away from church. You can tell your kids church matters a whole lot by your lips, but they know it matters when you take them and bring them with your ways. I'm not saying there's not exceptions. Don't get legalistic on me. Pastor says I can never have Sunday football. That's not what I'm saying. I love football like the, the rest of them, okay? I'm a Saints fan. Who dat? Nation. I love it. Okay, that's who I am. Sorry, Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Y'all need Jesus more than most right now. Anyway, so... <laughs> How come y'all gave us Des and then it just, never mind, all right. Uh, she's mad, she's mad. Anyway, church and then everything else, man, just set, if prioritize like plans determine priorities. If we do that, God will build a dream house and give us the greatest opportunity to live the life God wanted us to.